And now the moment we've all been waiting for. I am Nate Riggle, and you are listening to The Way of the Bonfire. boy we have a breakthrough episode on several fronts here today it's episode number 25 baby which means this guy's still going and i'm gonna keep going so glad you're here we're gonna start marking the numbers so that if you do want to go back to one you don't have to remember the name of it we can just reference it by number and so that i can I can have a little pat on the back as I hit these little milestones because it's the little things. And that's what this episode's about. It's about, um, I'm going to actually start off with a quote here. And this is one of the more powerful quotes that I've heard that, that kind of just rings in my head ever since I've seen it and heard it. It says, enjoy the little things for one day. You will look back and realize they were the big things. Now, there's a lot of things that we think about in here in life, just all these different slogans to get us pumped up and, and going. And, and it's great. Like, I don't disagree with any, any of these. I'm going to rattle some off here. Go big or go home. You need to be all in. Massive effort leads to massive impact. Discipline equals freedom. Just follow the proven model and you can't lose. You have to put in the work. Don't settle to play small. What gets measured gets managed. Big risk, big reward. And all of these are true slogans, but sometimes things become so cliche and broadly used that they cause us to miss the crucial details and the principles surrounding them and making them even possible. So this episode of The Way of the Bonfire is about not letting your big expectations and audacious goals and ambition and even your focus and enthusiasm and amazing self-belief get in the way of your dreams. Wait, what? I know. It's weird how sometimes the good things, the good big things can keep us from having the big things. There's a sneaky little insidious thing called a mental block. And maybe you've never had one or you think, I don't get those. You know, I stay positive. I don't, I, I used to, but I don't get those anymore. Well, if you're avoiding anything that you know you want to do or feel you should be doing, then you have at least something slowing you down. And I, this isn't going to be some psychotherapy episode because that's not my, I'm not qualified for that. Mental blocks can come from often big traumas and grief and loss and failure and pain. And those things usually take some combination of time and therapy and communication and rest and faith to heal and let go of and release. And please don't overlook that and don't think that you can just get through that on your own. Um, the more you do that, the more you you're avoiding you're avoiding what what is there. And I've gone through that side of mental blocks as well. Remember, I'm not 
I'm on the journey right now. I'm, I'm still building the bonfire. And I've experienced what it's like when it goes out. But I've kind of gotten past a lot of those kind of mental blocks most recently. But I have also learned the hard way that a mental block also can actually be caused by positive thoughts and intentions like the ones I was mentioning earlier. And I'm offering a simple tactic or strategy to move out of and past this kind of trap in today's episode. I'm not saying it's the only one, but I, I do know it works and it works pretty well for me. And no, I'm not talking about like a writer's block, although that might be similar to, to the mental block I'm talking about. Like where you, a writer's block where you can't think of what you want to write. And I'm not talking about the inability to remember or recall something from your brain. I'm talking about when you know what to do and you know what you want. You have a great attitude and a great work ethic and it's been battle-tested and proven. And you can look back on it or even just look at what you did today and say, yeah, like I know how to work. And you you are fully capable and strong and knowledgeable and qualified with all the tools and the experience you need to complete all the steps to make it happen. You are chomping at the bit to get started or keep moving on this massive goal. You refuse to play small or settle for anything less than the best possible thing. You know what works and what the steps are to greatness. You know you have to get started and take action and that there will be ups and downs. You know you will have to do hard things that maybe you don't always enjoy. You have big goals and even bigger dreams. You realize that fear and limiting beliefs are what, pe what holds people back. And you think to yourself, there are no limits. I can do anything. But you just won't. You think, come on, self, just do it. Take action. You, we, we've done this before, and the rest will follow. It's not that you can't. It's that you won't. Something is blocking you, and you can't explain it. And it's not some tragedy. If you're having trouble with some sort of inertia that's finding its way into your life or into the lives of your team or your employees that is, that is affecting your mental or physical or emotional or spiritual state and ability to move on it and progress and Maybe you try to take action, you do it for like a little bit, and then, and then all of a sudden you're back in this, in this block state. Like you seem to be in a rut or a mental block that having a big goal or dream is not enough to, to move you to action, despite the dips and hardships and setbacks like it used to, to get you out of the slump. And even fear and anger is not getting you the kick in the butt you need to at least start charging again. That's what I used to use. And even the sense of duty and integrity that you have always tried to live by is not doing the trick. And even good old persistence and determination, dogged determination isn't even working. And you can't make sense of it. Like you had a raging bonfire at one point 
or multiple times, but it somehow has dwindled down to a few coals that are pretty cold. And for whatever reason, maybe you forgot to tend the fire by adding fuel or stoking it and didn't realize its core heat level had dropped, so it went out faster than you anticipated. Or maybe something unexpected came along and doused it, and you say, no big deal, let's build it back up bigger than it ever was before. But you just can't seem to get it to build back to any intensity or momentum like you had it. If this is you, then I know at least two things that are a way out of that sort of confusing positive rut. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. And it could be one of these two, or it can be both. It's usually both. Let me tell you what those two things are. Number one, you're trying to do it all by yourself. Or you have a team, but you need to make sure they are participating. And sometimes you need to add the right players. For me, it's God that I forgot to include. And to see all the other people and resources and things he has put all around me who will want to be a part of it. If I stop trying to be Superman. It's all right there for us. <laughs> and we want to, we feel like we need to be, step up and do it ourselves. And you get to a point where it just, your brain is like, nope. So that's number one. Number two, and this is what I'm going to focus more on. You are going too big. There's that eye roll from all the achievers out there. But stay with me on this. This is not saying place limitations on yourself and don't dream big or have vision. No, please do those things. This is not about me saying you should be playing small or settling for less because we should be grateful for what we have as if we could actually convince ourselves to be truly fulfilled and in a lasting happy state without continual progress and growth as a key ingredient. That's ridiculous. What I'm saying is you let yourself forget how you built up your bonfire in the first place. You just throw in the biggest logs you can find with this big mentality because you're kind of going out of order here. You, you just, you're throwing these big logs on these barely warm coals and just pumping your fist like it's going to light right back up. Maybe you're dousing everything in lighter fluid and getting excited when it flares up for a few minutes, giving you the illusion that those tree trunks that you just threw on there actually caught and will stay lit and build a new core for the blaze. But then you're getting even more frustrated when the big logs and the whole fire is out again in a few more minutes. Once again, despite being bright and beautiful and wild and dangerous and loud and really hopeful and encouraging for a moment. I have made this mistake both on a fire and in life. It took me a lot of exploration to figure out what I was what was causing that sort of a block? The solution is not go bigger, it's go smaller. Because the core is made up of lots of smaller things that matter. 
It's build or rebuild a core and remember to keep the core. Then the momentum and the lasting heat you trust will reestablish itself and act as a more constant source for bigger things and lots of sustainable progress towards your dreams. And then your excitement and your enthusiasm and your momentum is almost hard to stop. As long as you always remember, don't abandon the little things in the core. So what is forgetting how to, like I'm talking a lot of metaphors and concepts here. So what is forgetting how to get up and, and keep a core with these smaller things look like in life? Like what does that mistake look like in action? It's telling yourself, this is just one example, but it could be in any category. It's telling yourself, I know I'm overweight, but I'm going to just do double the workouts and use this new program that gets you back in even better shape than you ever have been in 30 days. It's really demanding and complex, but if you do it and commit to it, then it actually works. And you're like eight days in or something. And you say, yeah, somebody asks you about how that's going. You say, yeah, I started it, but then fill in the blank happened. And so I'm going to pick it back up as soon as the kids are back in school. But it, it was working and it, and it only takes 30 days. So no big deal. I can get that and get that back. And then three weeks later. Yeah, I started again and it totally was working, I swear, but we had all these recitals and there was a work event and I had to travel after that to meet a client. So it wasn't as easy. But my travel is going to, I swear it's going to calm down next month. So I'm going to really do it in January. And in January, there's an emergency or your friends invite you on a cruise or your job expectations suddenly change because of a new initiative. And it, and, and it means more money and recognition for you, right? Good thing. And so eventually you finally start to think to yourself, this program, you start, you start telling yourself all these different stories and you don't even know if they're right, but you're saying this program is unrealistic for my life. Or maybe I am just undisciplined or unorganized or unadaptable. Or maybe you think I need to blame someone or something else for my lack of results here. Uh, this is just a, a busy, weird season of my life. That's a good one. That That's a good justification right there. That's a really good lie that I use that whole season thing because people talk about the seasons of life and how it's different. And then we say like, I will get caught up on that, on that thing when the next season of my life allows it. Or maybe you did finally do it and you saw the results, but then it was so intense that you couldn't keep it up with all the increasing demands and responsibilities and the inevitable constant changes in your life that you hadn't factored in. And you want to do it again, but your brain is doing this crazy thing where it says, nope. And you say, yes, we're doing this again. I'm going to force my will on this and it's going to work. And it says, I'm not going to let you, your brain's like, I'm not going to let you do it. If you think it's going to work without changing something else first. Brian Regan is a, is a comedian who has this hilarious bit about ants and how, he, like as a kid or whenever he was watching this, this ant hill and couldn't believe how hard they were working. And he was even more shocked by what happened when he would get bored and said, see this little civilization of yours. Yeah, that's done. And he'd kick it over 
the hill that they've been working on all week. And he's like, and I would have thought at least for a minute they would have been like, oh, man, I can't believe this. I can't do it like him. But no, they all just scrambled back and, and, and got right back to work. He's like, I, I can't believe there wasn't at least a few of them sitting over there shaking their heads and saying, I ain't doing that again. I could see the guy standing right there. You think we're stupid little ants? Okay. I'm obviously not Brian Regan. He's the guy's a legend. But I, but I love that bit. I ain't doing that again, right? I've, I've had to pull my car over while driving on a busy road just because I was laughing so hard and listening to Brian Regan on the radio that I, I couldn't even drive safely. No, I wasn't under the influence or, or in any sort of way. It's just like I was like crying, laughing. So I had to pull the car over just to, just to stop laughing so I didn't get in an accident. But I want to take this little piece of, of hilarious comedy because sometimes comedians are the best philosophers I, because I believe that a mental block is more like the ants that say, nope, I ain't doing that again. So it's the brain trying to do its job and protect us from doing the same stupid thing over again. But the problem is, it's also causing us to not solve the problem, to overanalyze it, or to make the problem worse. As in those ants are not doing anything. So yeah, they're not going to go work for nothing, but they're also not doing taking action. And I also think we can learn a lot from the other ants in this little fable here that didn't say nope. Because we get more focused on trying to get back what, we, what we've lost before we can move forward. Then acknowledging that there are little things we can do and enjoy no matter what the situation is. In this case, the ants just knew what they wanted a house. And, and there wasn't one anymore, but, but they, had, they, they hadn't lost their ability to build a house. And there were still materials all around them to do it. So they grabbed a little grain of sand or dirt or leaf or whatever they make them out of in front of them, and they moved it two inches. Boom. Already back in business, doing what we were born to do, baby. I had this guy tell me. He was like, digging ditches is good. <laughs> he's like, I don't, he's like, yeah, it's not, it's not some great, amazing thing, but it's good. <laughs> you know, sometimes there's value in just doing the thing. Because it's so simple. These, these ants, the only productive thing they could do was so ridiculously obvious and so simple that they didn't even need a brain to take the right action or to get in their way. As in, they were not preoccupied with the injustice or the loss or the amount of work it was going to take just to get the thing back to how it was after moving grains of sand all week and saying, why would we try again if it might just get kicked over again. Those ants were going to build that ant hill or die trying. And that's what ants were made to do. That's what they like to do. They just like stacking stuff and moving stuff. And they were not going to give up on their purpose in life because they tried to do an impossible thing for one ant to do. They were united. They were going to spend hours and days trying to figure out which one started building the thing in such a stupid spot so they could place the blame. Nope. They skipped all that drama. 
and analysis and feeling of needing to make up for lost time and ground and just did the simplest thing they could. In some ways, their little tiny nerve cell of a brain is wiser than ours, trying to calculate whether we can reach 10 different massive achievements in the shortest time possible and then getting frustrated and defeated and pushing others or punishing others, I meant to say, every time things don't go to plan. So sometimes to break this mental rut and all the nonsense and drama standing in the way, we have to just say, okay, what is something I can do that will have fulfillment and value regardless of when it leads to my dreams and goals? And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but this is this solution that I'm offering here is, is just is about just having something that is stupidly simple that you can always do that is still meaningful, worth the effort, and gets momentum instead of being paralyzed by overthinking and afraid of failing at your big goal again so you don't start. And then obviously you're adjusting along the way and you can build upon it, but it's finding these smaller and simple activities and practices of fulfillment that's the core that allows us to always be in the game. And then beyond that, we're still going to build more and arrive at our dreams and go further. But what I'm saying is find activities or goals, whatever you want to call them, that require, that, that they don't require you to think a whole lot. They have, and, but they happen to have all these inherent benefits embedded in them. That doing the thing is actually good enough to build up your the core of your fire and that fulfillment just just in and of itself so i'll give you an example it would be walking for 30 minutes instead of saying i want to be the best ultra marathon runner so and i want to do it by this year so i'm going to start i got that means i got to do a mile every day and it's like yeah, okay, go for it. If 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 you're going to stick to it, then do it. But don't be like that guy that I was explaining earlier who happened to be me that was saying, I got this, and then, oh, here's all the reasons I couldn't do it. But next time, next time, next time, next time. Or soon, right? It's about having a vision and a dream and believing you can get there, but making the inputs be something that is really hard to have taken away from you because it's so simple and you made a decision and you actually like doing the thing for its own sake. Even if there are still other things you have to do that maybe you don't like, you know, simultaneously with that, at least this thing is part of you now. And it's not an anthill that can be kicked over. I can't tell you how long I was stuck in the mindset of go big or go home being applied to everything. You have to start with a big goal and work backwards. Like here's the other one that, that kind of gets the devil's in the details or God's in the details. That's, that's how, how we should say it. You have to start with a big goal and work backwards from that to determine smaller actions needed along the way. Break your big stuff into smaller steps. That's also a good strategy, but it's not as scientific and foolproof and empirical as that. If you just take the, the statement of, oh, just break it down. You can't just take that as, as like this blanket statement. 
Why? Because you've just tricked yourself into thinking that because you broke it down, the smaller parts are going to be simple and easy. And any big dream is not going to be full of just a bunch of simple and easy things. That's where there's a flaw in that, in that explanation for everything. The problem with the way that that works is you simply can't see everything in the data or the story or the explanation being given. And life is not a sterile lab where you can control all the inputs and random variables and interruptions, no matter how much you want it to be that easy. So you will get blindsided by complexities and those things that, that you're trying to do are the flames. They're not like you have to have the core before you can go and do this whole breaking it down into little pieces thing. I hope I'm making sense. The, the core is simple and you don't care about the data or the formula. You care about the benefits that the act itself gives you regardless of when the bigger outcomes show up. See, we want to measure and put data on everything as, as analytical people, but it's the things that are measured with our hearts that create the core and make the bonfire not just easier to light and more importantly to maintain and grow and constantly to its full potential. You have to detach yourself from the outcome and learn to enjoy the process, yes. You have to plan and practice self-care, yes. But this, what I'm talking about, and grasping for here is even one step back from those things. And it's been a breakthrough for me. It's finding bricks for the kingdom that you have in unlimited supply that you love stacking for the sake of stacking. Because it's simple and it has an immediate effect, but it's not bad for you or addicting or compulsive. You're like, what in the heck are you talking about? Like, what are these things? It's stuff like walking, laughing, Listening to music. Simple hobbies that don't take a lot of planning. Just telling stories. Watching the sunrise or the sunset. Reading in a real life book that you can hold in your hands. Asking your friends and loved ones just new questions that you've never asked them. Or doing meditation or a power nap. Or drinking water. Or stretching. Telling jokes. Just chasing a kid around the house spontaneously. Going out and checking the garden, breathing, giving your spouse a hug or more than a hug, practicing something, praying, reading scripture, or listening to a podcast, or going on a ride on a board or a bike or a quick drive to reset. It's got to be something you can do right now without thinking too much about it. Give someone a compliment, text some funny memory to a friend, do something kind. Drink a cup of tea. Make a list of 10 things. I don't care what the topic is. The only thing you need to plan for in these type of things is, is negligible. It can, be, it can be five minutes or 30 or 60 minutes, and it's easy to stop without a reminder. That's a, that's a key part of it. Something that's easy to stop without a reminder. So, so usually if it's on a screen, it's probably not going to be that easy to stop. Because you get sucked in. But it's not a tough to form habit like a one hour workout at the gym or something that requires you to drive or travel to more than a few minutes away or, or to change clothes or spruce up for. It's often something you can do without having to stop everything else and shift gears. 
If it's on your phone, then push do not disturb. Like maybe you're trying to read like scripture or something on your phone. Then I'm saying don't just push do not disturb in airplane mode so you don't get sucked in by all the other stuff on there. And make sure it's not addictive, whatever it is. To have an untouchable core of fulfillment, you need to build habits and all that. But you can't have big, unbreakable habits until you have these no-brainer, easy activities that bypass the mental blocks. What I'm saying is have some things you can do at a moment's notice and, and not as a once-in-a-while thing. It's something you include in your day every, every day. And I know it doesn't matter if it's in a routine or at the same time every day. Like I'm saying it's some pretty audacious stuff here. It's outside of what you hear everywhere else. But I feel like it's the missing piece of it. It's like you gotta take you almost gotta take a step back from just trying to do habits and say and and like usually if it's so easy, then there's something wrong with it. But there's these little things like that huge list I just gave you, just random examples, and there's way more than that, that are more than a habit. Or less than a habit. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but but it's got a great benefit, and it's small, and it's simple, and it's easy, and you can do it every single day because you want to. Not because you think you should do it, or because it's required to reach your big goal. It's, I'm going to get up and enjoy this day because this thing I'm doing is good. It's good for me in lots of ways. I have fun doing it. And it takes very little planning. And it doesn't take away from all the other bigger goals and stuff I want to do or that others expect of me. And it's so simple that it's not something you ever have to sacrifice for the bigger picture. And once you have and keep the core... Then the mental block has less power and everything else you dreamed of is back within reach and you can start stacking on the big stuff. Go get them. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Every single time I do this, I get a little more fired up and my bonfire grows a little bit more. If you're feeling the same way and like you got value out of this, would you do me a favor? And go onto the show page in your Spotify or Apple podcast or wherever you're listening to this and leave a rating and click follow. That way you never miss another episode of the show and it helps me immensely to keep the momentum and keep bringing the good stuff for you. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks. Thanks.